The Badge to the Bone podcast contains adult language, mature themes, psychological nudity. Viewer discretion is advised. The opinions expressed here are ours and ours alone. Buckle up. Welcome back to Badge of the Bone Podcast. I'm Denny. I'm Al. And we have another episode. Al, are you ready? I am ready. I hope they are. I hope they are. It's going to be good. Let's do it. I'm giving up on society, up on my family, up on your social disease. I'm giving up on the industry, up on democracy. Hey, Al. Hey, Denny. How are you? I'm good. I feel like I'm seeing you all the time now. <laughs> you know, it's a, I just putting a cot out here in the Badge to the Bone headquarters. You almost need to. Yeah, I, I do. We went from, I felt like we weren't in here hardly at all. And and now I'm in here like, feels like every other day. I, you got to move in. Well, that's fine. It's good though. Yeah, I, I'm liking it. It means we're doing something, I think. We're doing, definitely doing something. Yeah. So we had a, we kind of had a busy weekend. We did have a busy weekend. We had the uh, Bale Foundation event. Yes, the Virginia Law Enforcement Foundation Wellness uh, First Responder Wellness Fair. Yeah, I thought it went real well. What I understand, they're hoping it's going to be the first annual. So hopefully, there's going to be some more. Yeah, that'd be great, and I, th- I think they're going to invite us back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we- we didn't piss anybody off. <laughs> we did not anger anybody. <laughs> so that's always a positive when you get to come back. Woohoo! <laughs> but I won't hold my breath on that one. That was it was a really good event. A really like I I left out of there, went home, and and actually, you know, felt like we had really done something pretty good. And the, the event itself was really good. It was, and and he had some hurdles because you had. It had to be rescheduled. Oh, two weeks. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, that's always tough when you have to, you got all this build up in anticipation and then boom, you got to reschedule. Oh, what do you do when you're getting, you know, six inches of rain and 50 Howling, galing winds. <laughs> Tropical storm comes. So, and then we had some rain in the morning. So that figures. Yeah. But, but it worked. And then it the, did. the day cleared and, you know, what, what I, there was a couple takeaways i had from it just just for us i mean just just for this podcast was i i was finding out there's more people listening to this than i thought that was amazing <laughs> and so <laughs> i was like and we i cannot tell you how grateful we are we are um thank you thank you those of you out there listening to us that we didn't know about until <laughs> no the support is great we and, love it and that was good news that that made me feel good that you know the things we're discussing, the conversations we're having are being listened to, and it was good feedback. Yeah. It'd yeah. be different if they're like, yeah, we're listening to you guys suck. Yeah, yeah. But, Just pack it in. Yeah. <laughs> so it was good feedback <laughs> on top of learning that more are listening to us. Yeah. And then we actually had people that were coming up to our table and actually wanting to go on air. And we did. We did some recordings. I, I think we did, what, well, we did four segments- Almost made an episode. 
Yeah. So, you know, and being that kind of comes in between of the, you know, episodes we have that we're recording now, uh, I think we're going to just put together a little snippet, kind of a, a bonus episode. Yeah. Like a, like an extras feature. Yeah. So that'll be coming. We'll just do a little bonus partial episode of just the stuff that we talked about there on scene. And and we had some really good conversations. We we talked to a couple folks from Vale. We did. Yeah, that was uh, good. And had a really nice interview with somebody with a new nonprofit uh, startup to benefit veterans primarily, but also first responders. Yep. That is local. Um, had a great story. So we'll share that from her. And I don't, I don't think she was expecting to be recorded on a microphone there either. <laughs> hey, you want to tell us about it and record and what, what, what? Yep. Yep. Here it is. <laughs> yeah. We didn't, we didn't have everything broken out yet. And I remember her talking and you looked at me and you're like, you're dropping the ball, get this stuff, get the recording. And you're looking at it like, you ready to record now? <laughs> she was kind of like, but um, she got on. It was like, she'd been doing oh, she didn't miss a beat. I was like, Oh wow. Okay. So yeah. it, it was, it was really good. Um, again, for those of you that are not familiar, of course, we are broadcasting out of Central VA, and this is, again, the Virginia Law Enforcement Foundation First Responder Wellness Fair that was held this past weekend. It was October 7th, and this organization is doing a lot of great things in the Central Virginia area, reaching out throughout the rest of the state, and I... I I'm sure there are ways that they can take it beyond Virginia sure, down sure. the line, but they, they are doing some excellent work. They are a 501c3 nonprofit. So if you're itching for something to support, that is an excellent organization there. And they are also helping to facilitate some other excellent organizations. Yep. So just really good. And, and I left really kind of proud of, I think, just where the first responder community is in this area from say 20 years ago oh, well, it's, to, to where it is now to, to see the people that were there and the resources that are available. It was just, it was really, really good. Yeah. It showed a lot of progress. So. Yeah. And it, it, there was nothing but positive. Yeah. Nothing no, but positive. Absolutely. So um, speaking of positive. Yes. We have a couple guests tonight. We do. And, you know, we had, we talked about Reboot before. And we talked about Reboot with Carrie, mm-hmm. who was here. And that was the, if you haven't gone to season one, a list of season one, she was the episode with the, was it only got nine chicken nuggets in my, you know, I think that's the title we <laughs> called it. <laughs> but that was a really great episode. She talked a little bit about Reboot. Right. And, you know, we really wanted to have more from Reboot on the podcast mm-hmm. and tonight we have it yes tonight yes. we have it yes so we have ryan and scott with us tonight both of them are leaders with reboot and you know i'm still learning about reboot so this is going to be good for me because mm-hmm. i'm trying to learn more about reboot and what they offer but they're here tonight they're going to talk about what they do with reboot how they got involved with reboot and i think it's going to be a great conversation yeah. So welcome, guys. Welcome. Thanks for having us. Happy to be here. So uh, where we want to start? Well, um, I'll start out. My name's Ryan. Uh, I'm a reboot leader here in the Mechanicsville area. 
So a little bit about me, kind of going back to the beginning. Back in 1999, I started as a deputy sheriff, and I'm still a deputy sheriff. I'm actually a patrol sergeant. Of course, I haven't actually been in a police car in four years because I've been on an active duty tour with the National Guard Counter Drug Program. Excellent program, by the way. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and um, so now also, uh, in, in addition to that, I'm one of the co-directors for Frontline Ministry, which is out of Compass Christian Church in Mechanicsville, Virginia. And one of the programs that we offer, well, the only real program that we do on a consistent basis is the Reboot Program. And um, it's a great program. It's something that been pretty passionate about i think our first course was back in 2019 and it's uh funny how it all kind of came together so i went to a small church and which is kind of it's kind of backwards most churches split and go into different directions well two small churches in mechanicsville actually joined forces and became compass christian church and uh, have you guys seen that movie was it Step Brothers? <laughs> uh have we seen that movie right right <laughs> You know, they're like, there's so many, so much room for activities. <laughs> they don't know power tools. Right. So many activities. And that's kind of where it went, you know. So we have so much room for activities now because we have this big, big, you know, areas, big church now. And uh, so our, our pastor came to us and he, and he asked my wife and I, Amy, he said, um, hey, we want to do this thing. We want to start this ministry. We want to start a ministry for military and first responders and outreach ministry and we're like hey that's a great idea and he said well we want you to to kind of do it i'm like oh all right so we did and and that's that's where frontline ministries was born and so this was 2019 kind of when this thing started kicking off and we started to have some pretty good momentum we did a a first responder appreciation cookout in june of 2019 and then we had a three-on-three called it the clash of heroes basketball tournament and, um, but we, we still hadn't really found the niche, 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 however that word's pronounced. We hadn't found what it is that we really wanted to do. And I've got another friend who's actually also one of our leaders named Devin. And, you know, he has a, he has a radar for people who are struggling with trauma and things of that nature. He just has a, a natural sense for it. And, and he could recognize in me that there was something going on, even though I, at the time I couldn't really recognize it myself. Or just didn't want to recognize it. I think that sometimes is the problem that most of us in this line of work have. And um, he was like, hey, there's this program I want you to try. You know, you should do it. And of course, I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he kept on after me, kept on after me, kept on after me. Well, and then he, he, he went below the belt and he put it in an area where he knew my wife would find it. (laughs) <laughs> there it is oh, the clever bastard <laughs> well played sir yes yeah yeah so he got me so it was a flyer for for the the reboot program and there was a gentleman that was having these courses in new kent and my wife's like she found it of course that was what was intended she said hey we should do this and i'm like oh okay <laughs> If you say so, we'll do it. So that's, so we ended up doing it. And, um, it's also kind of a funny story. So the gentleman that did it, he had a trailer that was where he lived originally. He built his house on the same property, but he still used the trailer specifically for these type of peer support type things. 
And when we pulled into this place, I, t- I told the wife and kids, I said, you need, you guys need to wait inside because I'm not sure this isn't some sort of ambush. And I went in and made sure everything was okay. And my whole intention, and I'm not going to lie to you, my whole intention was I'm going to sit here for the next 12 weeks. I'm going to shut up and pout and just get through this because in order to be a leader in this, you have to, you have to have gone through the course, right? You have to be a graduate of reboot in order to be a leader. And after the first session, I realized that that was not the journey that I was going to be on. So I went through the entire 12 week program and it took me through a journey of healing and starting to heal and, and gave me the, the tools that I needed to go forward. And so I, I consider myself blessed for, for going through it. I, I think I, I joke with Devin, I cuss him all the time because he kind of went behind my back on that one, <laughs> but I thank him for it because that's what initially got me into reboot and um so again so 2019 we started our first class in the fall and scott who is sitting here with me um he was one of our first participants and has actually been by my side ever since then and we did our first course in 2019 of course covid you know punched us in the face yep and uh, it was right at the end of 2019, beginning of 2020 when we started. But we were able to get through it and got through that course. And we've been pretty much consistently doing Reboot at least twice a year since 2019. So we've run quite a few courses. Um, generally, they're 12 weeks long, um, but it's 12 sessions and you can kind of play with that. We've done that in different scenarios where... We've done the full 12 week courses. Uh, we did one in, I believe it was in Hanover where we, we split it down. We got it down to six weeks, right? We did two sessions a week. So um, again, that's kind of the story of how I got involved in Reboot and how Reboot has come to this area. And again, I have uh, Scott, he, he's been with me pretty much the entire time for literally the first participant. It's funny because Scott came in and I, I just remember the first couple of weeks he was very quiet, very stoic. And, um, I think week two, he got a cup of coffee and I was like, okay, we're getting somewhere. And then week three, he ate my food and I was like, <laughs> got him. <laughs> there was a hook in it. I set the hook. There it is. Right. You know, you start eating my food. I know you're comfortable with me. And then, you know, <laughs> from there on, here we are now, this is 2023, several classes under our belt. And, um, yeah, that's kind of, that's kind of my background with reboot, my background of how I got started in reboot and how reboot was brought to this area. Now I I tell you, one of the things that I like about that is you you joke about it, that your, your friend put the information there Mm -hmm. where your your wife's going to see it and kind of got you, but that's what helps us. That that's a battle buddy right there. You know, that's, that's that you curse him for it in the moment. You do, but that's a true friend that sees something and is not going to give up until they get you where you're supposed to be. Right. So that's, that's pretty awesome of how you got in there like that. That, that kind of does take me to a question of, it didn't, it sounded like, yeah, I'm going to, I have to take this because this is what I got to do to become a reboot later. But it sounds like maybe you needed something that was in the program and perhaps didn't even know it at the time. 
Oh, absolutely. Um, I didn't realize, or maybe I didn't want to realize just how dark of a place that I was in personally. Mm -hmm. And reboot helped bring that to the surface. You know, another thing, and I'm stealing some of Devin's lines, you know, you know, he always says feeling is healing. And, um, and another thing that, that reboot is, is, is picking scabs, right? So, you know, you break a bone, but you don't get it set and it heals, but it never really works the same way again. So what do you have to do? You have to re-break that bone and then reset it correctly. So it's the same thing, kind of picking that scab because we have these things happen to us. We experience these things and then we just suppress an override, push it to the back, push it to the back. And then we sort of heal on the outside, but never on the inside. So what you have to do in order to process that trauma is to remove that scab. And sometimes that's, well, not sometimes, that's painful. But a little bit of pain, you know, it's pay me now or pay me later, right? So we can either experience a lot of pain later or a little pain now in order to get to where we need to be. And to just live our lives normally, we, you know, we joke, we have one class, we nicknamed ourselves. Um, you guys ever seen the the movie Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer? Yeah, of right? course. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Good holiday right? flick. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, there was the Island of Misfit Toys, right? <laughs> I don't know where we're going. I, there, right? I, I feel like maybe I'm probably somewhere attached to that island. <laughs> exactly. And that's kind of what we named ourselves one of the classes. Because if you think about it, it's it's a pretty accurate description of what we are, right? We're all, we deserve to live a normal life or as close to normal as we can be. Mm. We didn't ask for the things that we've experienced. Some would say, well, yeah, you did because you do this job. I'm like, yeah, but nobody does this job thinking, I can't wait to be an alcoholic. I can't wait to be <laughs> screwed up. I can't wait to be, you know... I can't sleep. I can't wait for all these things to happen. Nobody does it. Most everybody that I've ever known in law enforcement, um, first responders, nurses, dispatchers, you know, all of the community that we serve, everybody started this in, in, in with the intention of, I want to do this because I want to make a difference. I want to help people. I want to do this. So whatever the motivation might be of why you want to help them, whether it's personal or anything, that's what we started. And I don't care how, how jaded you get in this career. The only thing that keeps you doing it is that even if you won't admit it to yourself, right? There's always going to be that piece in you that says that's saying you do this for a reason, because there's a lot of people out here that aren't able to do this. And if you don't do it, who will? Uh, that's very true. Yeah. You no, know, no matter how yeah. jaded you'd be like, oh, I hate people. And I, I'm, and it's funny you say it because you're, you, yeah, I hate people. People suck. But then when something happens, you're falling all over yourself to, to help people. There. Yeah. To help right? people. Yeah. Yeah. Running towards the sound of gunfire. Yeah. Running towards the fire, running into a ER trauma unit, um, taking those phone calls as a dispatcher that, you know, you know, are going to, are going to affect you and well, you do it anyways. Mm -hmm. Right. Because let's face it, we could all go do something else and make a lot more money. Yeah, that's God's honest truth. Right? <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah. Like, wow, this is the only job I have. Well, believe me, there are jobs out there that you make a whole lot more money. So there's always that motivation. So with that being said, like we're, we don't, we all deserve to live as normal a life as we can have. So it's like, you know, the guy, those, those toys on the island, they just wanted to be played with. They just wanted the children to love them, but mm -hmm. through no fault of their own, they were the way they were. And that's why we called ourselves, you know, the Island of Misfit Toys. Um, <laughs> but uh, anyways, it, so there, I say all that to say that, um, again, that's where Reboot comes in um, because it gives us that opportunity to start on that journey of healing. Because it, 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 if you come to a Reboot course, which everybody listening, I would love to have you at a reboot course um you owe it to yourself you owe it to yourself so that uh you can live as normal life as possible but what i'll say this and we tell you you will not be healed in 12 weeks it's not going to happen no uh, that, that makes sense i think that's a good point to bring up it i think it, my takeaway is it puts you on the path yes yeah there's no there's no switch there's no magic it puts you in the it's it's and it's everything we've all learned through doing this is it's, it's maintenance. Mm -hmm. It is. There's always going to be maintenance. Constant self-evaluation. Yep. It gives you tools, you know, it gives you tools in your toolkit, right? Mm -hmm. Something else to put in a rucksack, something else you can pull out when you need it, but it also gives you a community of other people so that you don't feel like, cause I guarantee you right now, somebody out here listening to my voice feels like they're the only person that is going through what they're going through, the only person that's feeling the things they're feeling, and that everybody else is just somehow better than they are. Well, I'm here to tell you that's bullshit. Everybody in this room, I'm sure, feels the same way, and there are thousands of us out there that feel the same way, and, and Reboot gives you a community where you can sit in a room with some other people that are like-minded, that have been through the same things, and we all feel the same thing, and we're and, and we're all there to support each other. It's not a support group per se because it's curriculum. Sure. It's curriculum driven. But you do get that support community out of it. I think that's an important aspect of it. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Um, so, Scott, how did you come to this? So, starting at the beginning probably make it a little more understandable. Uh, 2011, my life kind of went upside down. Uh, went into a, a really, really hectic work environment and a divorce and a midlife crisis and everything kind of at the same time. Well, so I knew I was having trouble sleeping. I knew I was having trouble with pretty persistent anxiety. And so I went looking for help and I wound up on the couch, so to speak, in a mental health provider. And over the next eight years, I went in and out of six different mental health providers offices and they just didn't get it. So in 2018, I decided the 
the current techniques, the, the, the old school mental health stuff isn't working. So I found a young PsyD fresh out of school thinking this person's going to have the latest and greatest. And I gave up on the mental health aspect of it when we parted ways after she broke down crying during my session. I'm sorry. For the second time. What? Yeah, I had a mental, I, I, I've had mental health pro professionals break down in tears over some of the things that I, that I had to say. Now, just so our audience knows, what, what was your professional background? So just under 30 years in law enforcement. Okay. And so I retired in 2014. Um, when one of my mental health professionals asked me during a, a session, are you eligible to retire? said, yeah. Are you happy? No. Why haven't you retired? And I couldn't answer the question. So I got supportive care. I, I don't want to, I don't want it to seem like I'm bagging on the mental health community. Sure. Because I am getting to a point and that point is finding the right provider finding someone who can relate to what these first responders, what we deal with and how we deal with it, how we come across with our saltiness. And mm -hmm. and that's by no means most providers, probably, but it is, there are those providers out there. And, and, and that's key. Well, we've talked about that many times as well. And I, I'm just glad we're you know hitting this over and over again, that it is important that you find the fit. The, the fit, right fit. The provider that fits for you. Because it's not a one provider fits all. And it's not. Um, so I actually started shopping and I actually started interviewing providers. And I asked the owner of one of the largest um, mental health provider groups in the area. Hey, who who can you put me with that can handle me? These are my issues. And she said I was over her head, but that she had someone that was gritty mm -hmm. and dealt with difficult cases. Mm -hmm. um, and I wound up with this provider. And lo and behold, a month into the, the treatment with this provider, so I'm still developing trust, I get a message on Facebook or I see an ad on Facebook for Reboot. And I look at this thing and I'm like, hey, this has potential. This is peer-led. But remember, I'm mired down. I mean, I'm at a low, low point. I don't trust anybody. And I mean, I don't trust. I didn't trust anybody when I started law enforcement. So figure out where that one went. 30 years didn't help. 30 years didn't help. <laughs> no. No. And then you broke two providers. Right. Yeah, geez. I mean, right there. It's like, holy crap. That's shit. Yeah. So I walk into this first reboot meeting and this gentleman who's who's a legend in the reboot community, Devin, shouts across the room, hey, we got a live one there because he's the trauma whisperer. Absolutely. Do you remember when he did that? Yeah, he's got radar. I'm telling you. He's got radar. Radar. So Ryan told the story of of luring me in. And, and what it really is, is the, I think the technical term is sampling, right? So I'm sniffing the bait. I'm looking to see if these guys are, are 
are trustworthy or not. I didn't roofie the food either. So <laughs> it, was, it was legit just like Kroger snacks. So <laughs> by week three, I'm starting to think these guys are all right. And by week 12, I'm talking about things in this group that I haven't talked about with one of my counselors in eight years because I, they don't get it. These people get it. And we had a real wide swath of people in this group. I think we started out with 20 and we had a lot of firefighters. We had a lot of dispatchers. We had our share of, of law enforcement people. And we had some real, and I'm going to use air quotes here. We had some real burnouts in this group. Burnouts who we got to see kind of come back to life, right? People that were able to share things that resonated. So, and I think Ryan touched on it. Wait a minute. This isn't just me. I'm not alone here, right? So you know those those pictures where they have the three circles and they're kind of on each corner of the of the picture and then just this little sliver in the middle has all three circles and it's the dark color when all the others are the light. That's kind of what reboot is. So it's not mental health. It, it it's not led by psychologists and it's not department run. So you don't have to deal with your administrators and your suits and your internal judgment and all those other things it's not a lot of things but it hit this sweet spot so i credit it with the breakthrough where in week 12 of reboot you tell your story i had never told my story to anybody hmm I had been in counseling for eight years and I had never told my story to anybody. Did you have friends that you shared it with or your, your spouse or So literally nobody you really had. It was completely it, internalized. It was completely internalized. So I can definitely relate to that. So the week that I told my story, I told my story, I believe it was on a Friday that Monday for the first time in with the new counselor, who, by the way, I still have a relationship with four years later, I told my story for the first time. And I only told it because I knew I had to tell it in reboot. Now, how were you about telling us? I did. I mean, I'm sure there's some anxiety with that. So because the, because the root, the, the community, Ryan brought this term up, and we use it a lot. The community have my back. I, I think I'm talking to people here who get it. The, the, yep. The, yep. The, the value of people that have your back versus some medical expert. I'll put the person who has my back every single time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's what made the difference was that I had... We had established a rapport and we had established a trust and pretty much everybody in this group had opened up and told 
some horrific event that had happened to them. Mm. Uh, again, there's there's safety in numbers, right? Sure. I'm not alone going into this. Right. Um, I've told my story three times. I told my story to my provider. I told my story to that regroup that Friday night. And I told my story to another law enforcement last officer last Saturday who was in crisis at the Vail Wellness Fair because I felt it was what was needed to cross that threshold. So you told your story at this, at the Vail? Yes. This weekend? Yes. Oh, wow. Wow. Because there's value in people knowing they're yeah. not alone. No, you're you're hundred percent correct. It's huge value. Um, you need to keep telling your story. Yeah, you, you you tell it where you can. Every time you you tell it, it gets easier. Right. But depending on the story, it can take a toll every time you tell it. Sure. Yeah. That being said. One of the things that was brought up to me was the wounded healer. And I felt like giving back, working with the community was one of the therapies that was going to bring me back from where I had been. Um, we spoke in here a few minutes ago about you're not going to get healed in 12 weeks. Right. I don't expect to ever get healed. I just expect to not be as bad as I was for today to be better than it was last week and tomorrow to be better and to, to have things going in the right direction and an improvement. It, you can almost liken it to like, um, alcoholism or substance addiction. You yeah. can go, well, I've been sober now for right. 10 years and everything's yeah. wonderful. You're right. still an alcoholic. That's right. That's right. Yeah. I mean, I, I I think that's very important to understand. And I think that's a reasonable expectation you have. And that's a very common theme. We, we, we're talking about it here that you're not truly going to be healed. It's not like it's going to get cured. Your trauma is already going to be there. What you've experienced is always going to be there. It's always going to be kind of, whether it's in the shadows or sitting around the corner, but by going through things like reboot and having the right counselor, you're able to help manage how that affects you. And, you know, like you said, I'm better than I was last week. Mm -hmm. That's huge. And I think people need to understand that too. And, and there are going to be those times where you're not better. You may even be worse. Well, yeah, it's, it's an ebb and it's a flow. Yeah. It's there's going to be, it's a down. Yeah. I think that's important too, is there going to be times where something may trigger that trauma or something may trigger what you experienced. And if you've gone through things like what it sounds like, what reboot provides and, and different other, you know, resources that are out there, it helps you again, handle that when you have that trigger come up. Absolutely. And one of the things too is, you know, you get a field guy with Reboot and, you know, as you're going through the program, you're writing in this field guide, um, different things, different experiences. And you're, when we talk about picking scabs, so what we're, we want 
that stuff to come out. We want you to write it down. We want you to. So when you're down the road and you, you have that instance where you kind of regress into feeling a certain way and you're like, man, how did I deal with this during, how do I deal with this? And you go, you know what? We talked about this in week four or week six of reboot. And you could take that field guide, you open that field guide up and there you've got some notes in there that might help you get through that. And then on the, on the other thing, I, I talked about community. When you have that community that you developed in the reboot program, you call somebody and be like, man, I'm in trouble. Something, I don't know what triggered me, but I'm, I'm right here and I need to be here. I'm at 11. I need to be back down to like a five. Um, and now you've got somebody to talk through it with or go grab a coffee, whatever, a beer, whatever it is that, you know, however you want to do it. And you've got that community so that when you do have those ups and downs, peaks and valleys, you've got somebody to help you kind of paddle the boat out of them. We often talk about the the things that the job has done to us or created for us. But like any person anywhere doing any job, life throws traumas at you that, that, that are not related to the job, may have nothing to do with the job, may have occurred before the job. Yep. Um, and then you have the job and you, you see where I'm going with right. it. And, 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 and maybe this is a, a, a question that I, I could pose to you, Scott. Did, did you feel like the problems you were having were born of the job, born of outside the job, a combination thereof, one compounding the yes. other? Yep. Yes to all. Yes. <laughs> So one of the, one of the first things that this great therapist told me after the, the intake session was kiddo, you were, you were bathed in stress. You were, you were Mm -hmm. literally born into, you were literally born into trauma, but I didn't, I didn't, how do you know that's, it's your norm. That's what you, that's what you grew up in. So that's who you are and what you are. And that wires your brain at a fairly early stage. But so one of the other things though, that I, I did want to touch on with this, and I've touched on, on it a lot with, with the reboot sessions, Ryan's heard it time after time after time. And I don't think it gets old is my career got touched really heavily by suicide. So, so many and I'm not talking about someone who worked for my department. I'm talking about someone that I rode in a patrol car, someone I carpooled with, I supervised or that supervised me, my first field training officer. I'm up to 12. 12? I have, I have a spreadsheet. I have a list of names of people that have wow. taken their own lives. Mm. And. Yeah, that's a lot. You know, if. That's if too much. It is. If that's what it takes is doing reboot every twice a twice a year to keep 13 from going onto that list or 13 for someone else in another department. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm pretty passionate about it. And Ryan and I have had this conversation over and over and over. It's not the only reason that we do reboot, mm. but it's sure a motivating factor. 
Absolutely. I, I'm sorry to say this, that that is possibly the highest number I've ever heard. Yeah, that's, that's a lot. I'm, I, I thought it was two, and then I met someone who's close to 20. Wow. Good Lord. Yeah, see, that's, that's what we're dealing with, though. That's, that's what we're dealing with, is, is that is out there, and it's real, and it's, it's tough. And I tell you, Scott, I do think that's a great testimony for Reboot, listening to you talk about it, where you had, as Al said, you broke two therapists. You had a story that you never told anybody. You went through, what was it, 30 years in law enforcement? Yeah. 30 years. And you get out and you have this story that you've never told anybody. Never talked about it, approached it, never even tried to talk about it. Not even to, to therapists. But you get in a reboot and something clicks there and you start feeling comfortable. You start getting that trust level and then you tell your story. And then you don't just tell it at reboot. You tell it a second time and then you come across somebody who needs to hear it and you're able to tell it again. That I think that's a huge testimony to what reboot is offering and providing. Yeah. it, it Again, it hits that sweet spot where I think a lot of people are really, especially in law enforcement, they're really concerned that their story is going to get back and come back to haunt them. Um, whether it's being, you know, a fitness for duty exam or medically retired or just where their, their peers don't trust them in the field. And uh, so, and that's legitimate. And, and there are a lot of command staffs that would look disfavorably on it, unfortunately. Well, there's been stigma for so long. It's it's been around for so long. It's hard to get rid of that. It's hard to eliminate that. I mean, we're chipping away at it, I think, but it's hard to eliminate that. So, you know, something's got to get done. Progress has to be made. I, I think we're working our way there. Mm -hmm. You know, things like this, I think, are great programs. Well, rule number one, so. Mm -hmm. You, if you if you come to a reboot course, the first session, um, I'll just say, goes into one of the things I found cool about reboot was understanding where trauma came from. So it even goes in, like it starts off with the gateways into trauma and it goes over six of them. I won't get into the weeds of that, but, but prior to we even getting into the actual talk about trauma, we go over the reboot ground rules. So these are the rules. Number one, ground rule in reboot is confidentiality because we have to build that circle of trust that rapport first first rule of fight club don't talk about fight club we don't talk about fight <laughs> club right. so and just as an example of of just how seriously we take confidentiality uh, my wife amy is one of the driving forces behind reboot in general so she handles the majority of the logistics for us um we have an outreach director at our church mm -hmm. and they, like I say, my church is phenomenal. They provide us with the space. They provide us with uh, funding so that 
all you as a first responder have to do when you walk through the door is come in and sit down. You don't have to pay for anything. Um, you don't have to pay for any of the materials. We handle all that. But anyways, but for a while, my wife actually taught the first responder course with me. And she was a EMT back, you know, when she was a teenager. But one of the things about Reboot is we actually encourage not only the first responder, but the first responder spouse to take the course with them. Um, it, it, there have been some courses where the only time the spouse ever understood why their first responder was the way they were was because they sat in that class in the course and they were like, wow, I get it. But anyways, just as an example, my wife and I would teach together and then I would not be able to make it to a session or she might not be able to make it to a session and somebody in, in the course would have some sort of breakthrough or would share something pretty intimate. And even though we had already developed that circle of trust and that person would most likely have either told me or her, Outside of one of us saying, wow, tonight was really powerful, you know, some people opened up. I still don't know what some people said during that reboot course, mm -hmm. that some of the reboot courses that she and I have taught together, because we won't even talk about it as leaders. So like, that's how important, that's how serious we take the confidentiality piece to this is, and there's no rank. Like, I don't care if you're a major captain, colonel. I don't care who you are out there in that course. We're all just peers and it's peer led. It's that, you know, that street credibility that Scott was talking about earlier. When you talk about, you know, I'm talking to some therapist who maybe the only traumatic thing they've ever had in their life is that their latte was 160 degrees <laughs> versus 180. And so they don't understand exactly what we're going through. And, you know, Scott, Scott has said this before when we've talked and you see it like you see that that person come in and you see a look in their eyes that kind of scares you. And why? Because we've probably seen that same look in our own eyes. And then as the weeks go by, you slowly start to see that look go away. And there really isn't much more rewarding a feeling than that seeing that pressure cooker spouting steam out the top of it and slowly watching that pressure die down to where it's actually safe to open the lid mm. um but one of the what like i said one of the ways we get through that is that confidentiality piece in developing that trust so if you're listening to this and one of the things that you're concerned about is something like this getting back to your administration so you end up on the rubber gun squad or on desk duty? You know, confidentiality is the number one rule in Reboot. I do have a question on, you know, we've talked about it being peer-led, which I think is very huge. I think having that peer-led, everybody has kind of that perspective of each other, I guess, of what it, everybody's been, a different appreciation, I guess, of what they've been through that lots of times your therapist, your professional therapist doesn't have that perspective. There are some that do, and there's some that, you know, as we say, like the, the, the catchphrase, they don't get it. There's some that get it. But now my question is, does Reboot or has Reboot considered incorporating training or classes that involves therapist professional because there i mean and i've 
met therapists that want to help first responders, but they feel like they're not equipped to do it. And it's, and some of them, it's not by any fault of theirs. It's just what, what their, you know, you know, their journey has been, you know, with how they grew up in school and going to school and getting their degree. They didn't come through a first responder family or any kind of background, but they support and want to help. And we, we met actually, um, when I went out to Minnesota, I met a therapist out there and she had talked about that and really wants to help first responders. And she was having that really difficult time kind of cutting into that group or, or getting through to them. And, and that's, you know, her big question is how do I, how do I do that? You know, how do I get through to that group? How do I earn that trust? How do I, you know, show them that I, I want to help them, even though I don't have that background. So that, you know, again, I guess it's a super long question, but you know, does reboot do anything like that with actual therapists to get them involved? So I don't know that I have a good answer for that. Um, honestly, I know that it's a requirement. Reboot is a requirement for their first responder course. There has to be a first responder in that course leading it. Gotcha. Um, and that's basically based off of, again, street credibility. Um, I'm going to listen to you, even though you may not have any medical training or medical background. But I'm going to listen to you or Scott or Al before I'm going to listen to someone who's been through 12 years of college. No doubt. No and, doubt. And um, so the other course that Reboot, so Reboot offers three courses. They offer the Reboot First Responder, Reboot Combat Recovery, and then the Trauma Reboot, which is for anybody. Now, at that point, anybody can lead, as long as they've been through one of the three courses, can lead a Trauma Reboot. Um, but Reboot's a pretty stickler on... If you're going to lead a first responder, there has to be a first responder that is a leader. Now, you can have, if you have a mental health professional, because, I mean, they have some derivative stress from just the people that they treat. If one of your, you know, if one of them wants to go through a reboot first responder course and then team up with a first responder, absolutely. In fact, I think that'd be great. Um, it would almost be beneficial it kind of along the lines of what you were talking about, Denny, yep. to, to have an interested mental health professional clinician yep. sit through all 12 weeks observing so they hopefully maybe get what you just said. Well, I, I, I agree. And I, I think why that's important is I, I do believe there's definitely value in professional therapy. Some folks may need it, may not need it, but professional counsels that have been through, and I've, you know, we talk about Dr. Greenberg a whole lot. Now he's a, a different because he's had experience in firsthand, hands-on in the first responder community. Aside from that though, very smart guy. Mm -hmm. And he got that through his education, through his research. So he brings something to the table. Now there's other therapists that are, you know, smart like that, have the research and have that academic background that I think is good when you're talking about healing and, and therapy and working through, but it's, it's bridging that gap because the peer support is going to quickly get the, have that rapport with somebody being peer led immediately has that, that a therapist that is not a first responder hasn't been around that circle is not going to have that rapport right off the bat. 
Mm-hmm. So I agree with you. I think them sitting in and observe helps, but it, the other aspect of that too is I know for a fact when folks go see a professional therapist, lots of times they're not telling them everything. Yeah. They're leaving a lot out. They're still, cause they still don't have the trust. They're still not telling a hundred percent. If and, Greenberg's listening, he's nodding. Oh yeah. Very, and he's done what, I mean, and, and I'm case in point, you know, that, that I, you know, was leaving out. I wasn't giving 100%. And I think is everybody's guilty of that counterproductive, but you know, I think that will help expose, you know, a counselor that's not familiar, that wants to help a first responder community hear these things. And they're going to go, wow, these are the things that they're not going to tell me and maybe help try to bridge that gap. Hmm. So you, you had mentioned something earlier and it, and it, stuck in my brain because it, I, I'm sure there are people that will be listening to this and go, wait a minute, wait a minute. He said something about gateways to trauma. And when you said that, I'm like, are there boxes that we might have checked? Can you talk more about, and, and you don't have to divulge anything, but just, touch on that a little bit like that that gateways to to trauma things yeah absolutely so in again in week one it talks about um it it generally goes into some of the gateways of trauma like uh critical incident stress which Mm -hmm. we all know um it talks about traumatic brain injury it also talks about cumulative stress Mm -hmm. and it talks about uh Help me out, Scott. Derivative stress. Derivative. What, what they also call secondary yeah, stress. Yeah, derivative stress. Um, and then it even talks about, like, it goes into adverse child childhood experiences, like the yep. ACE score. Yep. So I think one of the things when you talk about processing trauma, mm-hmm. you have to kind of understand where it came from. And, you know, because, and, and again, I'm not a medical professional, but, you know, the brain is a sponge and or or like a hard drive and i can stick the sponge on your counter right here and start pouring water into it and it's not going to leak until it's full but once it's full it's going to start leaking and then the only way that you can make that sponge viable again is to squeeze all that excess water out or like your your hard drive you know I remember back when the Windows 95 machine, you could do the disk defragmenter, right? <laughs> um, but it really goes into, it, it goes into, like, as you're going through the the first week, it goes into, you know, basically here are some gateways of trauma, critical incident stress, cumulative stress, um, moral injury, different things like that. And then it also, it gives you like check boxes on your, mm-hmm. in your field guide. Do you experience these symptoms more than this, you know, however many times a week or something like that? And so it kind of points your brain at, well, what are the ways that that trauma has gotten into my life? Was it that one critical incident? Um, Was it, did I have a traumatic brain injury? Was there some sort of moral injury or is it derivative stress is one of the things that we really see in spouses and children mm-hmm. of first responders. Um, or let's say uh, even clinicians, um, things like that. 
And then again, it also touches on that ACE score because if you already started, and I, you touched on it before, if you already started with childhood trauma and then you become a law enforcement officer or a firefighter or a dispatcher or a corrections officer or a trauma nurse or a trauma doctor, any one of the things that would experience these type of things, then you're just kind of packing onto that, right? I, and Scott's talked about it before, uh, the cut was a complex post-traumatic stress. Yep. You're just adding on to stuff that's already there. Well, you're already starting at a disadvantage yeah. and now you're moving, you're just packing more stuff in there. And that's where, again, in order to start processing the trauma reboot kind of says, well, Hey, this is kind of how it started. And I'm sure there are 30 gateways to trauma, but it just kind of hits on those six, mm -hmm. um, right off the bat. And because I think that's probably where most of us experience one of those things is either through that critical incident or that cumulative derivative, um, or even like traumatic brain injuries. Right. I, I view it almost as like standing in front of a buffet and like, well, a little of this, right, right, a little of that, right. this. <laughs> I really want some of that. <laughs> no, everybody's trauma has its own recipe. Exactly. It, it, it's, it's Just the man who wrecked different. the buffet. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and so, so that I, kind of takes me into another question. So I, you guys are a, a faith-based program. Yes. You, you you put yourself out there as such. And say I'm listening to this, um, you know, and 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 the the church you're affiliated with is it's a non-denominational Christian church. But say I go, well, I, you know, I'm Jewish. I'm Roman Catholic. I'm agnostic. But I'm hearing things that I really want to take advantage of in this program, am I going to be welcome? Absolutely. So Reboot, the organization Reboot, is not affiliated with any church whatsoever. We do it at my church because of the ministries, frontline ministries. And our church is a huge supporter. They support us financially. Um, they support us with the facilities, they support us with childcare. Um, we do our, we, we actually do our graduations there now. Um, but that's the extent of it. And it doesn't matter what faith you are or no faith at all. You are absolutely 100% welcome. Now I will say the curriculum is based off of the Christian faith, but it, the, at no point at any, at any time, during your 12 weeks of reboot, are you going to have anybody from our church standing in the background, like handing out flyers? You should come to church. You should come to church. Um, and at no point do you have to worry about, well, you know, I can't be myself or I can't say what comes to mind or I can't get raw. Let me tell you, it gets raw in that place because you imagine the group of humans that are in there. Um, and nope. the pain they're in. Absolutely. Oh, I'm, I'm sure I can only imagine. Yeah. So there's, there's nothing to worry about, about nobody's going to try to, you know, if you're, if you're a Buddhist, we're not going to try to convert you. It, the, the reboot is not affiliated with any church. Again, like I said, they will, the curriculum will talk about uh, different things when it comes to the Christian faith, as far as 
processing through things and 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 that and so forth. But n- at no point, at no point did sorry, my phone was ringing. <laughs> I was looking at mine. I'm like, yeah, where? Yeah, it was me. It was me. Um, at no point does it say, uh, you know, well, you're not welcome here because you're X, Y, or Z. You're a popular guy. Yeah, it's it's my kid calling me. Sorry, but <laughs> yeah, at no point does it say you're not welcome. So please, yeah, if you're listening and that's a concern of yours, um, trust me, if lightning doesn't strike me when I walk through that building, you are fine. <laughs> Nothing will happen to you. Well, I assure you. Well, that brings before those that are listening and hopefully, you know, those folks that feel that their reboot might have something to offer them. How do they get in touch with reboot? How do they get into the program? So you can go to rebootrecovery.com and there you can sign up for a course. You'll select the Mechanicsville, Virginia dropdown. Um, right now, currently, we have a course scheduled for actually Veterans Day weekend. So the first responder curriculum reboot allows for us to kind of change it around. Mm-hmm. Um, again, normally it's 12 sessions, um, or 12 weeks. We have done one where we did it in six weeks. We did two sessions per week. Um, I was actually running, we were running a 12 week course and then a six week course. So on, I think it was Sundays, we were doing a normal 12 week and then we had a separate, uh, six week course going on. Like it was Tuesday and Thursday, right? Or we switched it up if I remember to to uh accommodate some shift stuff i think that's what we did we shifted it up shifted like like monday monday wednesday one week or however we did it um you know select the mechanicsville virginia drop down if you're local to this area now I, I believe there might be another another group doing a course in hampton um so if you're in that area look them up Um, but again, right now, so what we've done is one of the things that I've seen that we've run into issues with, particularly with the first responder community is someone being, I don't know that I can commit 12 weeks, Mm -hmm. um, shifts, things of that nature. So we're trying something a little different. So reboot has an actual two day curriculum. Okay. Right. So in the, the only one that they'll allow that for is the first responder because it's something that we're already used to smashing a lot right. of stuff into a short period of time. Yeah, <laughs> we're good at that. Right? Yeah, right. Yes, we are. Um, so we're doing it veterans day weekend. It's the Friday, Saturday. We're going to go through all 12 sessions and get the whole reboot 12 week course in two days. They actually have an agenda and a curriculum that they built for a two day course. Um, it's going to be at the Oak Hill Christian camp in Mechanicsville, Virginia or Old Church, Virginia, just outside of actual Mechanicsville going back towards King William. We would love to have as many people sign up as possible. Um, again, we're going to go through the whole 12 weeks in two days. And, um, right now we're, we're running a little low on registration. Um, but we're trying to do something to accommodate those folks that are like, I just can't. I just can't commit this much time to this program because I've had a lot of people that have not done it. And that's one of the reasons why they didn't do it. You know, and I think about it, I'm like, well, what, what are they doing for help? You know, so we're going to try this. 
Uh, we'll probably do another 12-week course at some point in the near future after this as well, because I think that there's a need. And um, I know we did one 12-week course where we had one participant. Hmm. We did. We had, we had one participant, but we did it anyways. But the two, I think, you know, the two day one, I, I think you'll find a number of takers for that one. I'm hoping so. Um, yeah, no, that'd be great. Because there's, there's, there's going to be a lot of people in our lines of work that, that the two day smash course yep. is going to be right up their alley. Now, how many states is Reboot in? So Reboot's actually international. So they, are they in all 50 states? I don't think they're in all 50 states, but there are, there are some programs overseas. Um, it's getting bigger and bigger. It's growing. We went to, my wife and I went to the Reboot reunion tour last year in Pennsylvania. And um, it's kind of regional, I guess, that there was a ton of folks there. Mm -hmm. All, But it was a Reboot leader tour. And um, we got to network with a bunch of folks. It was pretty cool. And if you, if you go on Reboot's website, rebootrecovery.com, so not only do, and you can create a My Reboot account, there's no cost, it's a free account. Um, and I say, I, I recommend everybody to do this because even if you can't get to a course right away, they've got tons of resources um, on their website for first responder wellness. So theoretically, if I'm a listener, I'm down in Florida and I go, man, I really want to do this. I can potentially find a reboot course relatively close to me. Potentially, yes. Okay. Yeah. Well, man, it definitely sounds like reboot's really doing some good work, right. and it sounds like it's a great resource. It, a tremendous resource. So we greatly appreciate y'all coming on. You know, this is a big part of what we do is not only having folks come on and tell, you know, either tell their story or what they've been through, but for organizations to talk about the resources that are out there. And this is definitely one that we're excited to get the information out. I'm thankful for you guys coming on. Well, I'm really thankful you gave us the opportunity to come on. I just want to give you guys a shout out because again, we talked earlier, you know, I have a, a pretty significant drive two hours, one way to uh, Arlington where I work in my active duty position. So I listen to a lot of podcasts a lot of podcasts <laughs> and um, the stuff you guys are doing, the content you guys are putting out is very much needed out here because again, and we've, we've hit this a couple of times. There's so many folks out here in our communities that just don't realize, or they just think they're all by themselves on an Island and you guys are putting yourselves out there in, in pushing this message out for first responder mental health and behavior, uh, mental health and, you know, just mental wellness. And it's a message that needs to be heard. I can imagine there's tons of folks out here right now that are listening to your podcast and just that much right there is helping. So we, we appreciate just that you guys would even have us out here. And we really appreciate what you guys are doing and the content you guys are putting out for our community and for our brothers and sisters out there that are in need of help. Thank you so much. Yeah, we definitely appreciate that. You know, we're we're trying. We think it's important. Scott, thank you for sharing Absolutely. as you have tonight. It's it's really been a pleasure. Yeah. Thanks for having us. And and you guys are you guys are welcome back 
anytime. Yeah, we'll 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 have to do a follow up and and check in. I'm gonna actually look at the schedule and see if I can't maybe get myself into mm-hmm. that class. I'm very you know interested in in the reboot program. I think it's it's pretty awesome. I'd love to see you guys there. Yeah, that would be great. But and your spouses and your spouses and put the word out. Hey, if oh, you're absolutely. if you're listening to this right now and time is your problem, we have got the solution for you. Veterans Day weekend. We're going to do all 12 sessions in 2 days. You owe it to yourself. Come out here and start your journey in healing. November 10 and 11. Thank you guys. That was really good. Very powerful. And and that program just seems wonderful. Yeah, I'm I'm definitely going to check out uh, the two days that they're having in November. It looks like schedule's open, but I've got to double check, make sure we don't have anything lined up. But even if that's if I can't get in that one, I'm going to get in to one of the one of them. It, I think that that, that faith based aspect could be off putting, but they totally squash that. Yes. Yeah. And and you know when they say. It's open to anybody from anywhere. It do, it doesn't matter. I mean, come right. through the door, yes. and partake of what we are offering. Yeah, I didn't get the the feeling that it was a really you know in your face pushing. No, faith. it's faith based, no. but it's not pushy. No, and I think that's important. And, and you know, because of of Ryan and Scott and and others that that have had some involvement or affiliation with the program that we've met, we've talked to, yep. Yep. um, and talked about in previous episodes. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, this, I mean, really this, this has got to be one of the flagships, at least in our area. Yeah. If, if not anywhere, but, but certainly, certainly here. Well, hopefully folks that are listening will look into attending reboot. Absolutely. And, and, and one thing, and when, when we went, um, when when we cut out for for a little bit and you know they've they've gone home and um they said oh we forgot to mention this and it was really important yes and it was um reboot retiree yes and looking at first responders in particular um that that are retired like like us yeah <laughs> Um, and, and sometimes feel that they're forgotten or it's like you retire and you've crossed the finish line and Hey, there's no problems here. That's right. not the case. Right. Right. And, and, you know, and Scott off air brought up a, a good point the number of suicides involving retirees. Yeah. That's because they're retiring and they're walking out with a big shadow box and then a sack full of a bunch of shit problems piled up in it that they're walking out the door with. Right. And then, and then there's nothing for them afterwards. And maybe they went that whole career and didn't address anything. And now they're, you know, leaving with all that piled up on them. So just, just know that that is a, another tool in the reboot toolbox yes. that is, uh, available. Yes. So yeah, definitely awesome. Um, but, but also keep an eye out for, like I said, we'll hit a little mini brief episode, a little short episode with some of the recordings from Vale. Yeah, we did, We just had some really good conversations yeah. that day, and not all of which were 
on tape. Not all of which were suitable for tape, but, <laughs> but, um, but the, the ones that we did, uh, record, uh, were really good. And we talked to some great people. Yeah. Um, that is again, a great event. If you're, if you're looking for something, uh, in central Virginia that you want to support Vale foundation is a fantastic place to put your money and your time. Yep. Absolutely. But as we're wrapping up, you know, I got to thinking about something on the way over here. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> no, I, well, it, oh, I, shit. I, w- I was, you know, because I'm retired, I, I was at home today. Dude. I don't know if you want to talk, tell everybody <laughs> what you were doing home today. <laughs> By yourself after retirement. <laughs> Shh. <laughs> Giggity. <laughs> 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 All right, sorry, I couldn't help it. <laughs> no, this is so. So I'm, I'm, uh, I was cleaning the garage. Okay, oh, very I mean, good, very nothing good. Nothing nearly that. Is that what you call it? Purient <laughs> or whatever. Cleaning the garage. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> okay, that's and, enough. And... <laughs> so, so, um, yeah. So I'm, I'm cleaning the garage while I, I was, I was, you know, I was listening to the news all day, right? Yep. To, and. We we have what's now uh, the war in Israel, unfortunately. And it's probably the the biggest conflict that that country's been involved in in twenty years. Yeah, yeah. And I'm literally driving over here, and I'm again I'm listening to a, a report stuff going on, and I was like, what about the the cops and the fire? And the EMS that are in places like Tel Aviv or outside of Gaza right now. Oh gosh! Oh geez! And, and and the cops that are, you know, almost having to to shift to being soldiers. Now. Yeah, yeah. Um, and all of the things that that they fire EMS over there are seeing right now. So I, I just I don't want to bring everybody down, but. It, it just, it crossed my mind because yeah. we're always talking about, you know, the things that we're dealing with here, you know, either locally or in the U.S., but we do have some people that listen overseas. We do. We, we actually do have some uh, overseas listeners, so, yeah, they need to know we're thinking about them. So, you know, and, and, and if you are one of those overseas folks, we'd love to hear from you because we'd love to hear some of you know, your side of, of, of the issues that we talk about, but specific to Israel, I just hope everybody thinks about, uh, everybody over there, but, but certainly the, the, the cops, the firefighters, the EMS providers over there that are literally going through hell. The medical personnel. Yeah. Good call out. But now that's going to wrap us up. I think it does. So in the meantime, where do they find us? Well, they can find us at BadgeToTheBone.com. They can also find us on Facebook at BadgeToTheBone. Also shoot us an email at WeAreBadgeToTheBone at gmail.com. Let us know what you think. Make sure to follow us, like us. But until then, be safe. And be well. <laughs>